Welcome to Changing the Lens, a podcast dedicated to helping women like you grab a hold of some fresh insight, clear perspective, and a renewed energy when planning your wedding and beyond. I'm Angelina Swords Bricado, your host. I believe that we can always make a choice to see opportunity over obstacle if we take a breath and allow ourselves to shift our perspective. So all you have to do here is be willing to listen, see things differently, and believe in the power of changing the lens. Okay, I'm so excited. There's no time of year that's more synonymous with the sound of popping champagne corks than this day. So I decided that I would look into some interesting facts about champagne that maybe we don't already know. Most of the information that I have here came from an article in the Daily Meal that was written by Holly Van Hare for reference. Okay, so champagne only comes from the region of Champagne in France. And the industry, the champagne-making industry, is centuries old. And the industry has worked very hard to maintain its celebrity. So champagne only coming from the region of Champagne means that anything outside of that region cannot be called champagne. So if you are picking up a bottle of Prosecco or a bottle of what the label says is sparkling wine, it may still be the same same type of beverage that your bottle of Veuve Clicquot as it is a champagne, but it is not going to be called champagne because you can be sued if you use the word champagne on a product. Numerous companies have been sued for incorrectly using the word champagne on a product label. If the product doesn't actually can't contain champagne from the champagne region of France, it cannot use that word. There's actually an organization responsible for enforcing these rules, along with other strict regulations on champagne production and quality control. It's called the Champagne Bureau, and it was formed in response to a centuries-old battle over the exclusive title. So to the Champagne Bureau's dismay, some wine companies like Andre Champagne have been getting away with calling their products California Champagne or using a similar distinction like that for some time, despite a lawsuit that the Bureau won in the 19th century enforcing the rule. Now, you cannot keep champagne open for too long after you buy it. And there's special champagne toppers. You know, if you open a bottle of wine, you can put in, um, you know, a wine a wine topper to keep it fresh for you for a little bit longer. Champagne just doesn't work that way. It's effervescent. But there are special champagne toppers that will help seal in the bubbles. If you have a nice bottle of champagne, not only is it not good for too long after you open it, also Unlike wine where you buy it and you save it for a special occasion, you hold on to it for a long time and it ages and gets better over time, champagne isn't that way. Champagne, the producers are actually releasing those bottles when they feel their optimal time for them to be enjoyed. So they, the champagne is kept in by the distributors in cool cellars until they are right to drink. So when you buy your bottle of champagne, it's go time. 
So as soon as a champagne grower or house distributes their product, it's time to enjoy it. Champagne is best preserved in the precise temperatures and surroundings found in the cellars of Champagne, France. So once you buy your bottle of champagne, don't just put it directly in the refrigerator unless you are planning to drink it as soon as it's chilled. Keep it in the cool, dry place until it is very close to time to enjoy. Then you can start to chill it, and then you'll be good to go. If the champagne's kept in the wrong climate for too long, then the taste will be off. Champagne bottles do explode surprisingly often. When you open a bottle of champagne, that cork can fly, as we've seen it. So that's because of the heightened air pressure built within every bottle. Sometimes this air pressure gets to be too much for that glass bottle and the bubbly just cannot be contained. The bottle literally explodes. So this used to happen a whole lot more. It doesn't happen so much these days. And the reason is because what would cause those bottles to explode is the yeast that's built up within the bottle um, during the years-long fermentation process. So Veuve Clicquot, actually a long time ago, I don't remember the year, but a long time ago, they developed um, like the storage shelving where it keeps the bottles more on that decline so that the yeast will pile up in the neck of the bottle. And the manufacturers will go through and remove the yeast. They will uncork it, remove the yeast and then recork it so that yeast is no longer sitting in there fermenting, which makes your bottle less likely to explode. So that's not fun. If you're ever going to a vineyard and you're walking through the rows and rows of beautifully bottled wine or champagne, specifically champagne, because that's what we're talking about right now, and you see a puddle and some broken glass, there wasn't a clumsy person that walked through and knocked it over. It's because it exploded, y'all. Watch out for exploding champagne bottles and the corks. Most people drink champagne from the wrong kind of glass. I didn't know that. I thought champagne was supposed to be enjoyed in a champagne flute. It is not. It's not the perfect way to drink champagne. You actually should enjoy it in a wine glass because as you, as most people know with wine or champagne, all senses participate in that process of tasting and enjoying that. So being able to smell it is an important part. And in a champagne flute, it's so narrow, it's so tapered at the top that you can't really get a good nose on it. So enjoying it in a wider glass, so a wine glass, even a coupe glass, um, is better for drinking champagne. I did not know that the cage around the cork is called a muzzle. It helps to keep your champagne bottle and its effervescent contents sealed tight to prevent it from leaking. I also would imagine that once that muzzle is on there and it's tightened pretty good, it might help that cork from just suddenly springing to action. Okay, now champagne was invented by accident. Dom Perignon, which is one of the largest champagne houses in the world, still claims credit for inventing champagne. It's impossible to verify the story, but the legend has it that champagne was invented by the Benedictine monk Dom Perignon himself. He was a cellar master in Champagne, France. He was responsible for overseeing the extensive wine production down there and was given the task of trying to eliminate bubbles from appearing in the wine during the fermentation process. The bubbles at that point were thought to ruin the wine. However, Perignon failed. He tried tasting it, bubbles and all, even though he knew it was supposed to have been ruined. But when he tasted it, legend has it that he screamed out, come quick, I am drinking the stars. I love that. 
I need a sign in my house that says that. I am drinking the stars. After this, champagne became its own highly valued genre of wine. In my opinion, that would be the most magical of mistakes I've ever heard. Um, Okay, so to top off this little bit of champagne knowledge or champagne trivia, I have two quick, easy breezy champagne cocktail recipes for you. I'll start with the easiest of all, the champagne cocktail. Um, You use brute champagne sugar cube, Angostura bitters, and a lemon twist. So all you have to do is take that sugar cube, put it in the bottom of your champagne glass, sprinkle in two dashes of your Angostura bitters, pour in your brute champagne to the top, take your lemon twist, give it that nice bright little twist over the top of the champagne and drop it in. Boom, champagne cocktail. That sugar cube is going to disintegrate slightly over time. That Angostura bitters is going to infuse that entire glass. And you've got this beautiful, more champagne-heavy champagne cocktail that doesn't have a lot of other fuss about it. So very easy to do. Very easy for a self-serve situation, too. So if you were having a party, didn't want to make a batch drink necessarily, you could just have the sugar cubes, the Angostura bitters, the lemon twists already sitting out, and your nice chilled bottle of brute champagne and people could sort of do their own and feel fancy. Okay. The other cocktail is actually one that I made. I made this last night. It's one of my favorites. Um, There's a restaurant in New Orleans called Arno's and it's their signature drink there. Um, But I'm not exactly sure if this is the recipe that they use because there's a couple variations of the French 75. But the one that I'm going to tell you about now includes gin. I start off with my cocktail shaker. I put some ice in there. I put one ounce of dry gin, a half ounce of fresh lemon juice, and a half ounce of simple syrup. I shake, 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 shake that up with the ice so it's nice and chilled. I go ahead and pour, once it's chilled, I pour that into my champagne glass and then top it off with the brute champagne. And then you top it with that little bright lemon twist. And there you have the French 75. So two easy breezy recipes for a beautiful champagne cocktail, minimal ingredients, easy to make, makes you feel fancy, all that good stuff. Okay, well, happy new year, guys. I will talk to you again soon. I hope 2021 is truly the most amazing one yet, that it's a a time for recovery, a time of coming together again in ways that we maybe previously didn't appreciate as much as we do now. So happy new year to you all. Much love to you and your family and may health be in abundance to all. You've been listening to Changing the Lens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Changing the Lens podcast. And for show notes and up-to-date goodies, visit our website, changingthelenspodcast.com. And last but not least, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're a brand new show, y'all, so all of those actions make such a difference and help this show reach other people like you. And guys, we want to hear from you. If you have a topic you'd like to hear more about or a guest you think that would be great, send us that info on our website. Just go to www.changingthelenspodcast.com. See you next time.